All right, it's time for the Master Passive Income Show. I'm Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate rental property so you never, ever have to work a job again. Now, if you're like me, you absolutely hate wasting money or what seems like or feels like you're wasting money. And in today's show, I'm bringing on an expert in deferring taxes. And so this expert is gonna show us how we can defer taxes indefinitely with a deferred sales trust. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. You know, there's a saying, and I don't know if I completely agree with it, but it rings a little bit true in my brain that taxation is theft. Now, I don't know if that's true. You might not think it's completely true because you have to tax some things, but I just really don't like paying taxes. You got to pay income tax. You have to pay sales tax. If you want to go fishing, you have to pay for a license. That's a tax. If you want to have a dog, you have to pay a tax for that. If you sell something, you got to pay a tax for that. If you buy a car, you got to pay a tax. There are so many taxes. I mean, literally, if I run through a list of taxes, you're going to see at least 50 to 60% of your income. The money you make actually goes to paying taxes. If there's any way that you can get out of paying taxes legally, I suggest you absolutely do that because the rich and the wealthy, they already do that. So you want to figure out exactly how to do that. Now, today, we're going to be talking with an expert. His name is Brett Swartz, and he is showing us how we can defer our taxes on our real estate investing indefinitely and keep going and keep deferring it over and over again and save ourselves thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes. Now, you might be wanting to get into investing in real estate. I want to show you how. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I will give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find properties, how to find a new area of the country to invest, how to do it right, how to make sure you're making passive income of $250 every single month from the right properties and not buy bad properties and be able to scale to quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job. You can buy properties and then use this deferred sales trust like we're going to talk about today to save you loads and loads of money. All right, let's do this. Brett, thank you so much for being on the show. Dustin, it's my pleasure to be here. Add some value to you and your audience. Now, we are real estate investors. We love buying and holding rental properties. We love having that passive income and being able to provide for our families with that. Now, there are times that we're going to actually sell a house because it's the right time, um, but we can't 1031 exchange. And 1031 exchange basically is you transfer that property, you sell it, and you transfer that money basically into buy, uh, buying a new property by buying it. Like you transfer it into there uh, in a sense. And that's what the government says, hey, you don't have to pay taxes on that. But there's rules and regulations, and you actually have to do it in a certain time frame. But let's just say you wanted to actually sell the property, you couldn't find a house to 1031 exchange into it or something new. And you're like, oh, no, I got to do something to not pay a lot of money in taxes. Brett, what what can we do? And in fact, let's just start from the beginning. If we were just to sell a house and investment property, 
how much do you think we would pay in taxes, like percentage-wise, if we didn't do anything, no 1031 exchange or anything else? Yeah, it's somewhere between 30 and 50% of the capital gains to, of the gain and capital gains tax and depreciation recapture, depending on what state you live in and what kind of asset that you've hold and again, how much depreciation you've taken. Now, if Biden proposal goes through, it could be 50 to 70%. I absolutely hate taxes. It's <laughs> horrible. So that is... If you're thinking about selling an investment property, that's going to be a huge hit. Like of the now, let's say you sell it for round numbers, a hundred thousand dollars. It's not like fifty to seventy-five percent of that hundred thousand dollars. It's just on the gain that you made from that property. Now, Brett, what can we do to mitigate these problems? I know there's a couple different options, but what do you suggest? Yeah, you talked about the 1031 as one suggestion. Um, I want to propose to you and your audience that the 1031 exchange is like the blockbuster way of doing things. And, and there's a thing called a Netflix way of doing things, which we'll talk about in a minute. Well, let's just define one of the biggest challenges of the 1031 exchange, right? Our, our parents taught us to sell high and buy low, Dustin. They didn't teach, teach us to sell high and buy higher within 180 days with more debt, you know, uh, and a deal that perhaps we didn't want to buy that didn't have the forced appreciation value add component. And, and that's really where the 1031 is like blockbuster. Do you remember going on a Friday night? You're excited. And maybe at the time you just, you dating your wife, this is, you know, 15 years ago, whatever, 10 years ago. And. And, um, or maybe even your mother doesn't really matter, but she's like, okay, Dustin, you have one job, go get that one movie that just came out that, you know, if you don't get there early, it's going to be checked out by about 4 PM. So you show up about three 30, you're all excited. And you see at the end of the aisle and it's behind that cardboard box. And so you're, you're all, you know, you're walking through there. You're trying to, you're dodging the kid who's trying to get the video game, but then right. Would you get, get there? Someone like two steps ahead of you grabs that same movie looks at you and he had the same mission, right? He was sent to go get that movie and he smiles, you smile and you, you tip your hat to him because he, you know, he got there before you. And so you're frustrated. You're like, gosh, I wish there was something where I didn't ever have to worry about the movie being there or not. Right. But even if you got that movie, right. And you take it home, Dustin, have you ever been in the situation where you're all excited, you're about to put it in, you open the box and it's literally the wrong movie. And you're like, <laughs> oh sure my have. gosh, like I didn't know I was getting into this. Like I thought I was getting my other movie. And then even if you got that movie, you had three days to return it and then you got a penalty and the, re the rewind fees and all that stuff. Well, I propose to you, that's like the 1031 exchange. And that's where actually where my story starts. It's 2006. I'm working for a company called Marcus and Millichap as a multifamily specialist in Northern California. And I'm learning about 1031 exchanges, how to underwrite properties, how to add value, how to sell, how to do all the things on, on the multifamily level. Um, and things are going pretty good. In fact, 2006 was fun because people are making a lot of money. Things are going great. Now, I was a new broker. I was just trying to break into the game, right? Next to no, you know, no benefits, no salary, just trying to learn, right? Absorb. And I got some momentum going and I'm excited because, you know, growing up, I saw the, the silver spoon and I saw the, let's just say, lower income spoon, right? See, my parents were very wealthy in the Bay Area, building houses, custom homes, room additions, rentals all my life. But then they got divorced and it went from like a lot of money for the family to like living with my mom and my dad not really paying any child support, right? So it was really tough. So at a young age, I knew I really wanted to be financially free. I didn't want it to be dependent upon a job. I wanted to have passive income. I wanted to do it through real estate. And so I'm all excited. I'm starting to get going in the business. And then the market falls out from underneath us, right? 2008 went from making a little bit of money to like nothing overnight. And it was tough because not only was I going through this challenge, but so were my clients. Not only they, they were going through having overpaid, having too much debt, too much liability, not enough liquidity. And the thing that we could identify was the 1031 exchange, right? They were letting the tax tail wag the investment dog. And they knew they were overpaying, but they felt trapped, right? They felt like they had no other way because they didn't want to pay the 
30 to 50% in capital gains tax and depreciation recapture, right? So I did what every good, I think, real estate wannabe does, right? Um, you go to get a side job hustle. So by day, I work at Marcus and Melchick making cold calls. And by night, I work at a place called Cheesecake Factory. And they did that for two years. And I also negotiated with banks on behalf of my clients for those, that period of time. Help them hold on to their properties. During that time, I learned about a thing called a Netflix. It's called a Deferred Sales Trust. It's like a Netflix to the blockbuster. It's not a 1031. It's not a Delaware statutory trust. And once you and your listeners understand this, I propose to you that you may never need to use the 1031 exchange ever again. Oh, by the way, Biden might force that on us, right? He's proposing to reduce it or take it away, which then guess what? All the blockbuster ways of 1031ing will be out and the deferred sales trust Netflix will be in. So I'll pause there, see if you have any questions so far. So it sounds like we have an understanding now that Number one, if you just sell the house, you're going to get a lot of taxes. But one way to mitigate them used to be 1031 exchange. It still is, but it might go away. Um, that's how government works. It gives and takes away. And eventually it just is gone and you to get more taxes. But it seems like there's a new way that, honestly, I have never really heard of. Or I, I've heard of it, but I've never explored it. And I know many, many people, because I get this question all the time from my investing students who want to invest. And then they get to the point where they have a property and they're ready to sell it. And they Oh my goodness, what are we going to do with taxes? I'm like, uh, 1031 exchange is the only thing I can think of. So I don't have any questions other than how in the world do we do this? Because it sounds awesome. Yeah, so the step one is just really clarifying what your vision is for your wealth plan and what your vision is for the deals that you're seeing or finding, right? And right now for a lot of our clients, I'm in Northern California, but I work on a national level. We're seeing record low inventory, record high prices, right? Record high bidding wars, and prices are just through the roof, making cash flow very difficult to find and also forced value at appreciation. So establishing that A, it's a seller's market, okay? B, it's a great time to sell, which by default typically means it's a terrible time to buy. Not that you can't find the needle in the haystack 1031. And by the way, if you do that, high five, we'll, we'll, we'll cheer you on, right? Uh, but we can save a failed 1031 exchange. In fact, we just did a deal in Georgia. It was a 128-unit apartment complex. The gentleman sold for the first time in his 30-year career, buying and selling hundreds of properties. He used the deferred sales trust to save his failed 1031 exchange, passed his 45-day identification period, did not have to identify the deferred sales trust. And this is why it's like the Netflix and that, there's no more timing restrictions. In fact, he not only sold for $7.6 million, he paid off about $4.5 million of debt. So now he's debt-free. He deferred about $1.1 million of tax. So now he has about three or so million in the trust. And then he started to dollar-cost average into the marketplace. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, hard money lending, uh, commercial real estate, passive and, and or active if he ever wants to be active again. You see, he's a part of the baby boomers, and this is part of the three perfect storms that are going on right now. There's the perfect storm of the economic situation, which we kind of talked about, all-time highs in the stock market, even the cryptocurrency market, and the real estate market at the same time, coupled with economic storms of tax policy that's becoming more and more um, challenging for wealth in America. In fact, Biden proposing to take it from 20 to 40%, eliminate the stepped-up basis, eliminate the 1031 exchange. He's going, you know what? I'm going to do something different than just the blockbuster, and I'm going to retire, which is the third perfect storm for baby boomers. You see, the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet is happening right now, and it's according to the American Bankers Association. There's about $17 to $20 trillion that will pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is our parents, Dustin, right? And, and they yep. have all of this wealth. In fact, the three areas of wealth that they're really tied into is high-end primary homes, investment real estate, commercial real estate, and private equity or businesses. And those three asset classes represent 50% of the total net worth of America. 
and they're looking for ways to retire from the toilets, trash, liability, Gavin Newsom, eviction rent laws, you know, rent control laws, all of the craziness with cakes with owning assets these days. And they're going, look, we've made our wealth. We just don't want to give it all away to the government and nor do we want to have to retire and, and babysit all of these um, tenants per se, right? We want to be able to relax, enjoy our time with our grandkids, travel, enjoy our wealth. But again, they feel like they have to stay in this 1031 blockbuster. So enter the Deferred Sales Trust. You can now sell Deferred Tax. What is a Deferred Sales Trust? It's just an installment sale, okay? It's a seller carryback. You guys know it as like a land contract or a seller carryback. And then if I come to Dustin, I can say, Dustin, would you carry paper for your $10 million apartment complex? So imagine you've owned it for 27 and a half years, no basis. And you say, yeah, that sounds good, Brett. I'll carry paper because I don't want a 1031. You could carry paper for 100% financing. I could put a no down and you could carry 100%. And when you do that, you're in a tax deferral state until and if you receive payments and until you receive a principal um, pay down. That's the same thing with the trust, except guess what? We ask a buyer to come for the full 10 million and we simply ask them to cooperate and uh, with the trust. And instead of selling <laughs> directly to the cash buyer, you sell it to the trust and a simultaneous close, three parties, done deal. You're left with a promise of the trust to pay you over time. You became the lender. And when you do that, the blue ocean opens up. You no longer have to do the 45 day identification. You no longer have to do equal or greater value. You don't have to do like kind. You don't have to replace debt and stay in debt. Okay. And this is where you can buy and sell real estate. We just did another deal in Alabama. Then I'll give it back to you here. $2.6 million business sale. He sold two partners, bought him out. So he was the third partner. And he put all $2.6 million to the trust to first 600000 of tax. And guess what he's doing? He's building ground up 70 units in Tennessee, multifamily property, all tax deferred using the deferred sales trust. So I'll pause there, see if you have any questions. So a lot of people might not know what deferred means and how that actually plays into all this. Does it mean we don't ever pay taxes on that? Same thing as a 1031 exchange. A 1031 exchange is a deferral mechanism. So when do you pay taxes on a 1031 or a, or a deferred sales trust? Well, when you receive payment personally from the asset, the cash flow from the asset, depending if you have depreciation or the cash flow from the trust. Okay, so but most of our tax like to pay the tax is second data never. What does that mean? Well, they're going to keep the principal intact, right? So in your $10 million sale, you're probably just going to live off the interest. Kind of like an IRA, kind of like a 401k, right? Think about it. <laughs> when do you pay tax on an IRA or 401k? Well, when you start receiving payments. Well, when do you receive your payments? I don't know, it could be 60, could be 70, right? Same thing with the deferred sales trust, although you can receive payments right away. So the government's getting their money. This is not a tax avoidance. They are getting the money. Guess what? That property you might have bought for $3 million that's you know now worth 10. You might not have sold it if it wasn't for the deferred sales trust, right? Which actually creates an incentive for commissions, which gets more taxes. The money goes back into the stock market or the real estate market or a new business venture, which creates more jobs, more tax revenue. So it's actually a win-win-win for everybody. If you think about it and break it down, it's a study of macroeconomics. But you can structure it where the principal stays intact. You just live off the interest payments. You go in and out of real estate at any time. No timing restrictions. The money can sit in the bank. Okay, it can sit in the stock market. You can do hard money lending. Right. And then um, as you get, let's say, a brand new depreciation schedule on something, you might pull out an additional cash flow to, to kind of wash that in that given year. So there's lots of strategies here. Our goal is to help you find these gold mines in the tax code and also help you avoid the landmines, right? And as our team helps you build this, um, what I call a tax deferred optimal timing wealth plan, um, 
you'll, you're going to be able to lower your risk and increase your wealth. You're eventually the taxes are going to come due, and you eventually pay them either over time or all at one time. But it's like that's what deferring is. It's basically you're putting it off for a future date, which is better. I'd rather put it off as long as I can before I have to pay it off. I mean, especially with inflation right now, the like value of money just keep getting worse and worse. And so, hey, you have to still have the same amount dollar amount. So, with the the thinking of starting one of these deferred trusts, is that something? We should even think about doing ourselves. I personally, I love hiring my accountants. I love hiring my lawyers. I love having them. They're the experts. I'm not the expert. But if somebody had the idea, maybe I should do it myself. Is that even possible? Like, is that something that we could do? Sure. So let's, uh, let me ask you who this is. Let me also clarify who this is for. Okay. Just in case you're wondering. First of all, we need to have, we found for it to be make sense, at least a $1 million net proceeds and $1 million gain for this to make sense. Okay. So if your deal is smaller than that, then it's too small. So if you say, hey, I have a rental house, 150 grand, I bought for 50, can I do it? No. Do, if I have 10 deals at 100 grand that I bought for 50, can I do it? No. Okay. Because we need one transaction, at least $1 million net proceeds, $1 million gain. The exception to that is if you had two at 500 that you were selling kind of back to back, you can combine it into one trust. The next thing to understand is it works for LLCs, S Corps, C Corps, individuals, family living trust, partnerships. It also works for cryptocurrency works for business sales, works for high-end primary homes, which by the way, all three of those do not work for the 1031 exchange, works for public or private stock. Okay. It can save a failed 1031 exchange. Okay. We just had a primary home sale in Palo Alto for 8.3 million. Did another primary home sale in Menlo Park, another one in, um, um, in Los Altos. These are all high-end Northern California area. So it works for all of those. Okay. So to answer your question, should you try this at home, right? So it's a highly specialized proprietary structure that there's literally one law firm that's done it for 25 years. This is not like the 1031 exchange where it's a commodity blockbuster and there's one on every corner, right? Um, and that uh, they have a perfect track record with the IRS over a dozen no change IRS audits. And so you're not just buying the idea, you're buying the team of professionals that have executed this to perfection. So if you're getting brain surgery, let's say Dustin, right? Do you want to show up and try to do brain surgery yourself? No, right? You totally want the brain not. surgeon who's never lost a patient, right? And, and the patients have never gone to jail, right? It's all 100% legal, proven. Also, there's lifetime audit defense. It's kind of like the insurance policy. In case you do get audited federally or statewide, right? No additional charge as a part of the cost of the setup fee. There's some ongoing fees as well. We might as well talk about that now. It's about 1.5% of the gross sales price to set it up one time with the tax attorneys. And it's about 1.5% to 2% on an ongoing basis, depending on the AUM under management and where and how the funds are invested. And so uh, that's where the simple math comes in at $1 million net proceeds, $1 million gain. It's typically two fifty dollars to four or 500000 of liability. And that's where we say that's our sweet spot because we use what's called the rule of 72 which states if we can use compounding interest, and especially with inflation, like you pointed out before, right? And we can delay the payment and live off the interest. Well, what, what interest is the government charging on that four to 500,000 of liability that you owe? Zero. So if they're charging you zero, Dustin, when do you want to pay back a, a loan to the government at zero when you can go invest in real estate? The answer is you never want to pay it off, right? Now, as you get payments from that full million dollars, you will pay tax on that ordinary income tax. And as you dip into principal, you'll pay back that capital gains tax slowly. But yeah, that's that's the power of deferral. Does that make sense, Dustin? It sure does. Now, can somebody, you said that we have, let's say we have a transaction, we have a, a good sale and it fits all the criteria that you were saying. And we have those proceeds and 
you have like one gentleman that's, you know, investing in the like real estate or stocks or basically able to invest everywhere else. Is that something that we would need that you like or somebody as a custodian to do that? Or is that something we can just dip into and touch that money and actually put it in someplace else? Okay, good question. So um, first of all, we have thousands of business partners across the U.S., financial advisors, commercial real estate brokers, high-end luxury real estate agents, business brokers, M&A attorneys, CPAs, and we work with on a big level. So if you're listening to this from a business professional's perspective, we can partner with you as a strategic alliance and you can manage the money. We're the third-party unrelated trustee. I'm also a commercial real estate broker. Um, EXP commercial. So we have that side of things, right? All of that aligned um, if you need those services. Um, but essentially we want to empower you as the business professional to add value to your clients and grow your business, really just solve problems for your clients. So that's the first part. As far as the individual, the, the, the client, right? Um, yes, you can partner with the trust and you can build real estate, build a business, buy in passive or active with other deals. This is the key versus the Delaware, which people might be getting confused with. The Delaware statutory trust is like the Hollywood video. Do you remember seeing the Hollywood videos on your corner? <laughs> yeah. That's just another blockbuster, man, right? They want to put you in the sell high, buy higher 180 days later, give up all control, seven to 10 years, typically illiquidity, huge fees. Fees are like 14, 15%, big fees. Ooh. Beautiful properties, by the way, like A locations, amazing operators, but you're giving up all of that entrepreneurial control. Right, we're on our side. We give you the best of both worlds. You could be li- you could be liquid or illiquid. You can be passive or active. You have no timing restrictions, right? So the best story for this was a gentleman in 2006. He sold a 20 million dollar asset. This guy hates the stock market. He makes money in commercial real estate, right? And basically, he was looking around in 06, going, "This is crazy, man. I don't want to buy overpay right now. I'm like, what? Like, I'm not going to do a 1031 and just get you know get clobbered, right? So he goes, "I'm going to use the deferred sales trust." So he's sitting there in the deferred sales trust, paid off all of his debt, tax deferred. Five years go by. Okay, now he's investing in conservative, real, uh, conservative uh, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, stuff that is not s- subject to the huge crashes, right? And the bank calls him up five years later and goes, hey, you know that property is sold? And he goes, yeah. Well, we just foreclosed on it. And we're just curious, <laughs> any chance, would you want to buy it back? Oh, he's yeah. Like, well, maybe. What's the price? And they said 40% less than what you sold it for. Oh. He goes, that sounds like a pretty good deal. So what did he do? He had the trust partner with him into a brand new LLC and he bought it back at 60 cents on the dollar. Now, Dustin, I heard that for the first time as a real estate professional growing up all my life at Marcus and Millichap, seeing the whole crash. Do you think that made a huge change in the way I looked at real estate forever? And the answer is yes. Do you think I all of a sudden said, this is blockbuster people are playing and if I can play in Netflix, it'll change the game forever. And that's exactly what we're doing. Now, you're wondering what's the track record? Thousands of closes, billions under management over a dozen no-change IRS audits. Brett, it seems too good to be true. seems like my CPA would have told me about it, which I would encounter with these two deal stories. Um, One of them is from a gentleman named David Young. And you may have heard of a gentleman named Bill Gross. And if you haven't, they're kind of like the Warren Buffett or even like the Mark Cuban of of their world, but in financial advising world. They ran a a group in a company called PIMCO. And PIMCO ran from about 80 billion to 1.2 trillion. They managed some of the largest wealth in the world. Well, about four of these five guys who were running with Bill Gross, they started a group called Anfield Capital, and they get approached with the Deferred Sales Trust three years ago. And for two years, they do due diligence on this thing. Their attorneys talk to clients, talk to the banks, talk, look at this thing top to bottom. And after two years, they concluded that A, the person who created it, who's the tax attorney, is the smartest guy we've ever met, and B, we were all in, 
We were offered it. We, we were part of the inner circle. They'll offer it for deferred sales trust clients as an optional basis to manage the money. Anyway, they're just, they put their name on this thing, right? And so I always say, like, for the skeptics out there, if it's good enough for like uh, a guy named David Young who ran with Bill Gross for for twenty plus years and his legal team after two years of due diligence, is it good enough for you? And sometimes it's not. Some people want to be stuck in Blockbuster or that's all their CPA knows. And so they don't get comfortable with it. But we are running the Netflix version and we'd love to show you and your listeners. I love the idea of being able to do this. But at the same time, we also have plenty of listeners and people that watch us on YouTube that would not have that basis of, you know, I can't reach that criteria of having a million dollars in the, the proceeds and everything. Like, If it's less than that, do you have any tips, ideas, or thoughts of, what we can do to mitigate taxes, maybe defer it even better than a 1031 exchange. Cause that's the easiest. Oh, let's go to Blockbuster and just do 1031 exchange. But more than likely, you're not going to find a good, uh, let's say, I just say I've found it's hard to find a really good property to move in your money into uh, in a 1031 exchange. Do you have any suggestions or anything that we could do if we have less than the criteria? Yeah, an opportunity zone, right? <laughs> now, opportunity zones, again, make sure you're letting the tax tail, not let the tax tail wag the investment dog. Make sure the deal makes sense intrinsically, and then the opportunity zone happens to be the the benefit, the gravy on top of it. But yeah, opportunity zones are a great way to defer some tax for a smart smart period of time, and then hit some tax free money if you own it for more than ten years. So you can check out some opportunity zone deals. But again, it's really highly appreciated. A lot of those values have been pressed up because they're opportunity zones, right? So it's just, you're still in this weird world of sell high, buy higher, 180 days later. But that if you're willing to give up your liquidity for a number of years and control, and um, then it could be an option for you. It just really depends on where you're at and your investment um, entrepreneurial journey. So what would an opportunity zone look like? Yeah, so it's a fund, okay? So within 180 days of you closing, you got to put the money in there. It's typically a real estate development deal or a rehab deal. But more, more likely, it's it's something that's kind of like ground up or complete like rehaul of the entire project. So it's kind of like a real estate development deal. And you're throwing into this fund with a bunch of other people. And over a course of time, you're getting tax breaks, uh, tax-free money, and tax deferral money. So it's a mixture of a mixture of those. Um, but essentially, think of it like investing into a passive real estate deal, right? Um, and giving up control, giving up liquidity. And 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 waiting for some cash flow once the, the the property is developed, right? Which could take two, three, four years to get it all up and running. Um, so hopefully that answers the question. And then you can look up you can look up opportunity zone ways and how it defers tax. Yeah, no, that's great, man, Brett. Okay, so it sounds like if you if your properties whatever you're selling actually meets that criteria, I I would love it. Do you assume that deferred sales trust? That's fantastic. Now, I know people are going to want to reach out to you. How would somebody be able to find you, maybe even reach out to you on uh, online? Because I know they're going to want to do that. Yeah. So if you're a business professional, you can experttaxsecrets.com. That's experttaxsecrets.com. And you can learn how the deferred sales trust can help you grow your business. If you are um, a client who's selling something, again, cryptocurrency, primary home, business, want to save a failed 1031 exchange, you can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can also search Capital Gains Tax Solutions on YouTube. And on iTunes, we have a podcast, we have a YouTube channel, and uh, happy to, uh, to 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 chat with you if you have, again, that million-dollar net proceed, that million-dollar gain to see if it could be a good fit. Also, very important to understand, we need to have this set up prior to the close of escrow, right? Even potentially prior to the the, the, the purchase and sale agreement and, and or even the buyer removing contingencies, okay? So the earlier, the better. We do not charge a dime unless you close the deal. 
right? We literally will do all the work, get everything set up. If the buyer doesn't close or you decide out, it's no problem. It's no cost, no obligation. We take all that pressure off the table, but it's vitally important you get with us early so that we can give you the option to be able to do this. Thank you so much for giving us so much great information. Hopefully, people will be able to utilize this and really just defer the taxes. I mean, I, yeah, taxes are, they, they can be really rough. But Brett, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Destin. Thanks for having me.